Welcome to the Bards FM podcast. This is Scott Kesterson, and tonight you're listening to Brave, Hated, and Scorned. This war is real. Fighting is everything. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Tempt not the righteous man to draw his sword. Conviction, righteousness, ruthlessness. To understand tolerance, you have to understand the line of intolerance. War is the teacher, soldiers are the students. They become the bards of war. Good evening, patriots, and today is Wednesday, March 30th in the year 2022. And the food crisis is continuing to develop as hundreds of distractions continue to fill patriots' heads. It sounds like some sort of variation of a winter song or something about jingle bells and dancing dancing gingerbread or something. <clears throat> and it's a distraction, and people need to get zeroed in on what is coming because it is big. And it's going to be very concerning as we go forward. We're going to dig into a, just a kind of a perspective tonight and what it's going to take for us to move forward and truly succeed in this place of scarcity. Before we begin, your sleep is important. It is essential. And to get good sleep, you need good things to sleep on, literally. A pillow, a good set of sheets, a great bed, or a mattress topper, a great comforter, even sleepwear. All of those things are handled and are with great quality and great prices at MyPillow.com. MyPillow.com. And as Bards Nation, we have our own landing page, MyPillow.com forward slash Bards. Tremendous amount of products on sale right now. And always great savings over there. And your promo code is Bards, B-A-R-D-S, B-A-R-D-S. So in order to maintain a good posture and mental clarity in this war, which is being waged on us 24-7 with increasing levels of craziness to try to squeeze us, sleep is going to be suffering and don't let it. So head on over to MyPillow.com, take advantage of some of the amazing savings, Giza sheets down as low as 60% off, that's Giza cotton, it's an unbelievably comfortable cotton and I'll tell you, I never even believed it was possible, they're, they're incredibly good sheets, you, once you have them you're never going to want to live without them. I speak from experience. You have the My Pillow Classic, which is down as low as 19.98. There's also a My Pillow made of Giza cotton. It's fantastic. So that's an, there's a couple great pillows out there. There's comforters. They're on sale. You've got all the sleepwear, 50% off. All of these things make a difference in in the critical part of getting a good night's sleep. And the best part about it is it's drug free, literally. It's just the great quality products that help you sleep better. So head on over to MyPillow.com forward slash Bards. Use your promo code Bards, B-A-R-T-S. Take advantage of the amazing savings. You can use that same promo code on my MyPillow site, the MyStore site, and the FrankSpeech.com site. If you want to speak to a Patriot Pillow Counselor, call 800-975-2939, 800-975-2939. Use your promo code there as well. They'll guide you right through everything you need. And once you get set up, you'll never be the same. You'll be like, Mike Lundell, what did you do to me? One of America's great CEOs. And while you're in this month and for this month for a while until you until they say it stops, you're going to get a copy of Mike Lundell's book when you use your promo code. 
which is his story from how he went from addict to one of America's greatest CEOs. So check it out, MyPillow.com or MyPillow.com forward slash Bards for that unique and fantastic Bards Nation landing page. Promo code Bards, great savings, things you just possibly can't live without. Mark Twain said, in the beginning of change, the patriot is a scarce man and brave and hated and scorned. When his cause succeeds, the the timid join him, for then it costs nothing to be a patriot. We are in that time. And in fact, all of us that are here have pretty much lived through this time of being a patriot. You've had to put up with an enormous amount of scorning, hatred, and it's taken a lot of bravery to get here. And it's going to take a lot more for us to get through this. That's the settling part. The urgency right now to have people start moving to homesteading and to expand that out as much as possible cannot be understated. The more that I talk to people, I'm, I'm feeling good about the number of patriots that are taking action, but also equally concerned about the number of people that literally are not paying attention. People all over the country are, that are starting to wake up are realizing they're digging in, they're, they're getting plants started, they're getting gardens going, they're moving as far into the homesteading model as they can, getting animals so that they can grow their own eggs with chickens or ducks, having their own meat with chickens, ducks, or some sort of poultry or pigs or with cattle or goats. This is a very real time, and the more people I talk to that are trying to maximize their spaces to bring in livestock as well as plants because they realize what is coming. If you are believing, if you believe that you're going to be able to trade with your neighbor or buy at the store or it's just going to be scarce, I think that's a pipe dream because everything that's stacking up right now is showing that this is going to be a global crisis a global crisis of magnitudes we have no, not even imagined. And it's, it's just crazy. So what I want to start out with is just a couple of perspectives on news, and, I, and, and they're important, but I also want you to think this is the things that are churning in headlines, and so I want you, first of all, to listen to this one that consumed the news cycle for two days. One, it gets to the core of what it was. And, and as I play these, just keep in mind how relevant and important these news cycles are in knowing that there's a looming food shortage on a global level that's going to leave whole countries starving. Oh, shit. Thank God I found you. Just to prove to you that you're still asleep and you truly don't understand who's all connected, who's owned by who. You had Chris Rock at the Oscars make a derogatory statement against Will Smith's wife to the point where it got him upset and he walked up on stage and stage slapped Chris Rock. Yeah, I got news for you. That was all pre-planned. Oh, don't believe so? Hmm. What was the comment about? His wife not having any hair? Okay. Who sponsored the Oscars? Oh. Pfizer. Nice. You look confused. What if I told you that whole event was staged and supported by a big pharmaceutical company just to push their products? Huh? Yeah. What does it say? Pfizer, their medication stops alopecia in its tracks? Wow. That's amazing. Now you get it. The world's a stage. 
These people are owned. And this is a very bad rapey movie. You can go back to bed now. Yeah, you can go back to bed now. No, not if you're on this channel, you can't. If you're on this podcast, wake up. This isn't a place to go sleep. Alopecia is that hair loss thing that just happened to be part of the sponsorship of Pfizer, and it just happened that Will Smith's wife just happens to have it or not. Maybe she's faking it. I don't know. I don't care. All of this stuff is just done for distraction. And really, if you start to look at the world as we should, you're starting to see that we're not living in it anymore. We're increasingly looking at where we need to be in this exodus that is literally happening. And it's going to take courage and it's going to take us our persistence of truth to keep on this path because what's going on over here on this other side is the hand puppet show. The hand puppet show of Joe Biden saying stupid gaffes on the stage. The hand puppet show of all this drama and antics. And there's some real issues there, don't get me wrong. I mean, there's the, the whole push right now to groom kids is driving me out of my mind. But we have to stay focused. A lot of that's going to level itself when you suddenly can't eat. I will give, you know who Mark Dice is, hopefully. I'll give him a ton of credit. He's trolled, he massively trolled one of the city commissions or school boards today. I don't know which one, but or just the other day. Listen to this. This is <laughs> this is epic trolling, and it is entertaining. So here we go. Thank you. I'm Professor Mark Dice. I teach gender studies at California State University, and my colleagues and I across the country have been making tremendous progress in shattering the gender binary. We've introduced, as you know, a growing list of over 57 different gender identities. Many people don't know which gender they want to be. It's a extremely creative process. The reason I'm here is obviously the college students, young adults, their minds still fairly malleable. But we've seen the don't say gay bill being passed in Florida. And if we're going to truly succeed in the new world order, we're going to have to reach the younger children. And maybe on a local level, we could start with introducing ordinances to ban even identifying anyone as a gender at all. And if we can stop referring to the children as just boys, girls, he's or she's until they're old enough to decide, uh, perhaps then we can complete the, I mean, let's just be honest here, the Marxist revolution. We can get to the point where a lot of us can shed the label of a Democrat and just openly admit that, that we are Marxists. Repealing the First Amendment on a national level may be a little bit difficult, but we've seen surveys conducted on the Oceanside Pier that there are a lot of people that are willing to accept that. So we're just recommending the Bilderberg Group, Think Tank, uh, some of our associates, World Economic Forum are recommending that on local levels we prevent the gendering of children at all. As you know, children will believe virtually anything at a young age. They believe that a man in a red suit flies around and brings presents to them every Christmas. And if we can convince them that uh, there is no such thing as gender, that boys can be girls, girls can be boys, that men can get pregnant, uh, that women can have um, external uh, genitals, penises, then I think that we'll be able to really succeed in what it is that we're trying to do here. We're going to have to start reaching the children on a younger level. And again, by the time a lot of these students reach college, uh, many of them are set in their ways. Some of them are watching Tucker Carlson. 
other YouTubers. Thank you very much, sir. And thank for you. More, subscribe to the Mark Dice YouTube channel. That's it. For thank more you. Information. Thank you. Thank you very much. For those of you, I'm watching the comments. People obviously don't know who Mark Dice is. Mark Scholdice was born in December 21st, 1977, better known as Mark Dice. He's a American YouTuber, right-wing conservative, and they've even flagged him as a conspiracy theorist. Thank goodness that means he's actually smart. And what he just did was to troll using all the left's dialogue and push it right in the face of a bunch of leftists on the city council and school board. So that the part of this that I think is really educational is the point that he's not going in hostile. There's actually, if you were listening to the show a few weeks ago, I played somebody that called in on the Portland city council meeting on zoom. And I've discovered now that Mark Dice isn't the only one doing this. The person who called in in Portland, there's a, there's a troop of them that's doing this around the nation and they're doing it all over doing the same act of presenting themselves as a radical left lunatic and just taking all of their policies and packing it into literally about two minutes of a talk so they can hear it and the world can hear how stupid they are. And they literally are stupid. I don't know how else to say. These policies that you're talking about are child sex grooming and the whole thing he's talking about is literally how they believe. So in the one sense, we have to be very real. It is a war. And when we talk about brave, hated, and scorned, Mark Dice is is brave. He's hated and scorned by the left, which is a fantastic thing. So congratulations. Happy, It is a happy thing to see of him and endure all of that he's putting through, the world through, to wake up. So that's what is happening there. So don't get confused with Mark Dice. Now, all of that said, these are great antics. They're, they're entertaining to watch. There's a lot of stuff happening. But we have to get focused on what the real core issue is here. They have used, the, they have used Putin's maneuver in Ukraine as a way to justify the entire food shortage on the world, which they have been engineering. Remember what I said before. They were looking at using Canada's truckers as that sort of scapegoat. That mission backfired. So the dark money that came in to the Canadian trucker movement, which looks like it came in through Soros-type organizations early on, and there was a couple of insurgent types, probably FBI informant style working for the RCMP that started it. It grew out of proportion and Canada actually overcame them by unifying, finding their way back to a center in respect to God, praying and blowing the whole insurgent element up, forcing the state to show its heavy hand and to ultimately bring sticks on people, and then people made a run on the banks, which was they were not ready for. I've mapped that out before. Putin was an opportunist, in my opinion, and saw the opportunity to strike, and he did, and he took out, went into Ukraine to take out the Nazis, Azov Battalion, and in so doing, destabilized the entire organization of the deep state, which is centered in Ukraine for the most part. The other little thing that I don't think many people have followed is that it's he has said he's going to seize assets of Hillary Clinton, Joe Biden, Hunter Biden. All he's they have 
literally sanctioned most of the Millie. Anybody he's sanctioned most likely has an account or money flowing through Ukraine. Okay, so understand that. So he's managed to, by proxy, acquire their funds in the servers in Ukraine and most likely secured their money, which was really our money, but it's their money because they steal it from us and then they hand it back to them, the family through proxies. This is the whole type of war that's going on. Nonetheless, what the deep state has engineered in this nonsense, and I've said this all along, that this is a war between elites, and to be very wary of this is that this war between elites is shifting the global power structure. And in the global power structure, what gets blown out the window? Well, one of the big things that goes right away is the stability of supply chains. And when you start to lose the stability of supply chains, then you end up with BlackRock CEO Larry Fink saying things like, put on your seatbelts, and goes on to say that for the first time, this generation is going to go into a store and not be able to get what they want. And we have a very entitled generation that has never had to sacrifice. This is going to get pretty crazy. And the scarcity model is starting to be pushed left and right. And all the scarcity issues are starting to show their real face. Part of the reason for that is the dollar is collapsing. And you have as well, and this is from Pedro Gonzalez on Twitter. And he writes, the president of BlackRock calls Americans who don't want to pay $10 a gallon for gas or be, not be able to feed their families entitled. That's his response to that. And there's, there's a lot to that. When you have others saying that I would put, a, put on your seatbelt because this is something we haven't seen before. Yeah, we have actually. They haven't seen it, but we've lived through it. And it's called the depression. But this is going to be greater. The magnitude of what we're talking about here is a global implosion of all systems. And it's the only way that it can happen. Now, I'm going to just say this because there's a lot of patriots out here going, yay, this is it. Especially the plan types, which is kind of the Q guys. This has to happen. This was this was masterminded. This was all this and that. That's fine. And I'm all about saying that it has to happen because it does have to happen. Okay. In order for this entire system to be reset, we have to bring the dollar to its knees and we have to wipe it out. However, that does not mean that is going to be pleasant and it was sure as heck won't be easy. This idea of a 10 days of darkness, quick snap, it's all done. Whatever that is or isn't, it's not going to solve the food problem. At the core of all of this are a couple of very critical issues. It's part of what I touched on last night. Our current method on which we produce food and that process by producing food is as we grow it in the ground in what has become sterilized soils more and more, we are relying on critical petroleum products that create fertilizers that feed that feed those crops and almost all of those crops on a commercial level are done so at a are genetically modified seeds. And the ripple effect on that is enormous. It kills bugs. It by the seed itself puts out a poison that'll kill bugs. The petrochemicals are the nutrients that you're ingesting in your body. You can the whole concept of keeping a high nutrition diet for a healthy world is not part of it. Instead, it's a, it's a minimal nutritional diet to keep the world 
in stasis and to eventually wean them off so that they die early and stay dumb. That's by design. So that's part of the problem. As we disrupt the, the petrochemical piece across the world, as the petrodollar loses its foundation and as the dollar starts to sail into an unwieldy hyperinflation, which we're right on the cusp of, if not in the middle of now, but because we have no real control over the information sources, this constant churning of statistics hides the real effect. Here's the real effect, so when you go to the grocery store or you go to the supermarket or you go to the butcher or you go over here to get gas, gas has gone up 30% in the last two months. Food prices have gone up 25 to 30% at the grocery store. That's a real inflation of 60%, which translates to a 60% decline in your buying power. And with that as well, you have inflation, which means the dollar itself is losing buying power. So this, you're looking at an, a massive amount of loss of potential. And then the latest that I'm starting to hear roll out, it's happening even in my small town, is corporations are now cutting back and calling full-time 20 hours a week. 20 hours a week is now considered full-time with benefits. So they're cutting back on wages. Wages are losing buying power. Prices are accelerating. That itself is, is dangerous for a nation. When you start to add to that the layers of not being able to even acquire food, we are seeing shortages of food across the nation. The FDA is going to tell you there is no food crisis. So, in fact, it says it on their, on their website. USDA, it's right here, U.S. Department of Agriculture. It's, the title of the page is Access to Food. It's actually food supply chain. And the first question is, will there be food shortages? It says there are currently no nationwide shortages of food, although in some cases the inventory of certain foods at your grocery store might be temporarily low before stores can restock. Food production and manufacturing are widely dispersed throughout the United States, and there are currently no widespread disruptions reported in the supply chain. USDA and Food Drug Administration is closely monitoring the food supply chain for any shortages in collaboration with the industry and our federal and state partners. We are in regular contact with food manufacturers and grocery stores. That whole paragraph did not answer the question. Will there be food shortages? The answer is there currently is none. And we're monitoring to see if they will. I'll tell you what there is. There is going to be a massive food shortage because what would be easy to write on there is to say in the projection of where we are looking at in the plants, what is being planted to what the requirement's going to be on the other end, we're seeing less acreage put under production and more acreage put under fallow. Therefore, with that combined with the increase in, in diesel fuel costs, that combined with the increase in cost in fertilizer, and herbicides and the reduction in availability, that translates to less food production. I think everybody can do the math. Less food production means there is a problem. So the whole push for the USDA has been to build this new integrated, they're all part of the Defense Department's new integrated supply chain system run by artificial intelligence. That should not give you any confidence because all that is doing is trying to migrate the system into the fourth industrial revolution, which translates to something else, which you're hearing more and more about. And that is the, the creation or the solution through bioengineered food, 
3D printed food, bioengineered food, all sorts of things like this. None of that's real. And they're going to hail it as the great innovation of America. You watch, it's coming. It's pure nonsense. All of that type of food that you'll be eating is going to be laced with the other sorts of things they surely want in your body. Nanotech, mRNA, graphene oxide. They're going to find every which way to stick it in you. Even trying to grow lettuce now that is has the vaccine growing in its veins. Not kidding. It's actually being done. Genetics, genetic modification is central to the fourth industrial revolution. And the problem we have, and this is the second layer of this crisis, is rather than change the process and the method by which we grow food, which is central to existence on this planet, they're trying to develop the technologies to address the problems that their industrialization processes have created. It's literally like just causing one problem and causing a problem and then just try to fix it with a new problem. That's the crisis we're in because the real crisis sits in the soil. We talked about this last night, but I want to hit on it again. The soil is what is where everything grows. Their idea between hydroponics, which is soilless growing in water medium or extremely low soil growing, all of these, that's one method of, of growing. There's a lot of different methods of growing they're trying to come up with that do not require them to use the soil. Why? They're going to use all sorts of excuses like global warming and we have to be aware of climate change and all this nonsense. Here's the real of it. They've destroyed them with the petrochemicals and they're not planning on changing that process. And whether you're a Trump supporter or whether you're a Biden supporter or whether you're sitting out here and say, I hate politics, the problem is just the same. Nobody is addressing this on a corporate level to change the processes and methods by which we do agriculture. And the only way forward here is for people to take responsibility and start growing their own food in their backyard. We need to have literally a gardening revolution. And I don't mean in a light way, like every single garden needs to be in a, every single household has to have a garden and every single lawn needs to see its death knell and turned into a garden. And this is hard work. None of this is easy. And the longer that we delay this, the bigger crisis we're going to have. We are looking at approximately 50 growing cycles, most likely less. I think if we're going to be honest, it's probably 30 growing cycles. And that means that it could be, you could, that could be two cycles a year in some places, could be one cycle a year in others. But within 30, maximum of 50 growing cycles, as it appears, these soils that we rely on to feed the world will be exhausted and dead. When that happens, the ripple effect is huge. And the ripple effect that's already happening in Europe is phenomenal. Farmers are finding that they don't have food. They don't have the grain to feed the animals. So it's not just the shortage of food at the grocery store, or as we talked about last night, the shortage of eggs in Germany, which Germany says that they were, the German Produce Association says, or Poultry Association, excuse me, is saying it will run out of eggs in 15 weeks for all of Germany because they don't have the food to feed the livestock. And if you don't have the food to feed the livestock, that means you're going to have to cull the livestock. So how are you going to rebuild your stocks? 
All of these things have massive ripple effects. I cannot stress enough of the essential urgency for every single person to start growing something and get animals in your backyard if you can. I cannot stress this enough. The the cataclysmic effect of this is like watching a slow rollout of a nuclear explosion. And even if you live in an area in the States that somehow is immune to some of this, the ripple effects on a global level will end up touching every single one of us. We are talking about starvation on the on a European level and on an African continent level that we have not yet seen. And that means as a global or group of people, we are going to have to mobilize resources to keep humanity alive. The problem is in the current state of politics, it's not going to be like that at all. It's going to be one nation grabbing what it can afford to grab and another nation affording what it can grab to afford to grab. And here's the thing about us. Our dollar is sailing down to the toilet. It is not going to be pivoted on oil as it was. It's not going to have the predominance of the world's reserve currency. That means it buys less. That means we face hyperinflation. That means that we aren't able to buy foreign goods anymore, or at least not easily. And With that, you're going to see increases in currencies that are backed by gold, like the ruble, gain global confidence. The ruble, by the way, that was plummeted and fell almost to zero value when they started the sanctions, well, it's rebounded in the last couple of days since Putin has announced that they're pivoting or pinning it to a gram of gold, 5,000 rubles to a gram of gold. The ruble is back up to where it was before the Ukraine spot, and it's growing. That means as a U.S., in the U.S., we won't have the buying power to buy other goods across the world. In fact, it's going to get worse because a lot of the production that we do on a commercial level is already purchased by foreign entities. If you are thinking that you're going to be able to continue to get all the convenience items in the grocery store, it's not going to happen. And so what they will roll out is this great solution because this is what the governments do. They create the problem, and then they offer the solution, and this new solution is going to be bioengineered food. And just don't read this fine print, and please don't ask where they're getting the proteins for that since many of the bodies are being liquefied, and I'm sure they would never use that in food. Patriots, this is a major, major issue. And we have to be the vanguard to getting that voice out there. This was the beginning of a talk at the World Economic Forum today. And the title of this session, are we ready for a new world order? The answer is no, we're not. And the NWO isn't a new world order. It's called the Nazi world order. They're just hiding it in plain sight. But then, of course, we have our favorite clown, hand puppet of the world, He's just a paid shill because the real people behind him are higher up in the food chain, way up above the food chain, and our favorite clown is Klaus Schwab. We do not yet know the full extent and the systemic and structural changes which will happen. However, we do know that global energy systems, food systems, and supply chains will be deeply affected. They will be deeply affected. That should be a warning alert for everybody because you know it's not going to affect them, at least not in the short term, but they know that it will affect everybody else, and that is by design. They have been engineering this for some time, 
and the whole convenience for them and the way they spin things with Russia taking out the, the Nazi base, the Azov Battalion and others in Ukraine has provided them with a scapegoat in a way to blame not only Russia, but to claim that because of this, there's a disruption to food supply and the whole world's going to have a crisis. They're manufacturing the crisis. They were manufacturing it, and now they're accelerating it. It's very, very real. Take a listen to this. So now we're talking about a catastrophe on top of a catastrophe. Because Ukraine, from the breadbasket of the world now to bread lines, we never would have dreamed anything like this would be possible. And it's not just decimating dynamically Ukraine in the region, but it will have global context impact beyond anything we've seen since World War II. That should put chills down everybody's spine. This is a real analysis, and I keep trying to bring these up every night to the magnitude. And I'll be honest with you, every single day when I do this research, I approach it and ask myself, am I wrong? And I dig and I research and I look and I try to find the exception to what I'm saying. And I go a long ways to it. Here's kind of what you come up with. You end up with some vanilla response from the FDA that's basically not answering a question or the USDA not answering a question, trying to say that, well, there's not currently a problem, but we're keeping our eyes on the horizon which is another way of saying there sure as hell is a big problem coming, but we don't want you to look. You can dig into the variety of articles around the world already of shortages that are occurring, and you find that that doesn't add up because there's way too many shortages. And these shortages were not caused by Ukraine, not alone. You have China that's hoarding food massively, It's had major shortfalls in its production of grain, rice, and other things. Cattle, pigs, slaughtering of pigs, pork as prices are up. China's prices are raising. And, of course, with that is their big bubble that's about or is in the process of bursting, and that's Evergrande. See, all these pieces in the puzzle are exploding. From the elite, they're never going to tell you they're losing. They're simply going to try to pivot to take advantage of a crisis because that's how their mind works. And they are going to maximize this crisis by offering solutions. The solutions will be to their benefit. But food is a weapon system, and it's a critical one, and they're going to take advantage of this to try to bring people to their knees and roll out the Great Reset. The difference is how well are you prepared will make the how well you are prepared will make a difference to how much you concede. Because in the end of the day, if you have not prepared, if you have not taken the advice, if you have just ignored it and thought you could push it off to another day, you will end up conceding to their demands because you will need to feed you or your family and you will make those choices. It's not an ex, it's not an if, it's definite. They understand human behavior better than you do. And they are very good at this. They have probably anticipated that Russia would do exactly what it's doing. I'm not going to go so far as to say Putin's in on their plan. I don't take it that way. I think that that's a major disruption to their plan. But they anticipated it. And it's evident because they've been steering the narrative of food shortage so quickly. They were ready for it. They were ready to find the scapegoat to blame something on something that they intentionally were engineering. You heard Biden say that they were looking at food shortages and how to expand them 
Food is a weapon system, and they know it. The places that's going to hit the worst are those that live day by day, whether that's because they live in a city and they get used to buying their food on the way back and forth from home. They don't stock up on anything. That's half of New York City. That's half of Portland, Oregon. That's half of San Francisco. They go out to eat every night. They become reliant on the system and the dependency and the convenience of life. What have I always said? Convenience is the destruction of humanity. There is only one way forward here, and that's to go back before we go forward. That means we have to go back and start relearning older practices and start assuming older ways of being. That means changing in lifestyles, and people don't like change. They don't like it at all. And with that process of change, that means that we have to go back and look how our grandparents lived. We have to look at how older societies live. Older societies, our grandparents, they all live the same way, believe it or not. I often said when I was in Afghanistan, had I brought my granddad there, he would have had more in common with the elders than anybody in the U.S. deployment. And he wasn't a military guy. Why? Because he grew up, on, on, he was a cowboy. He was a, he was a rancher. He raised sheep. He had more in common to talk to those people about than we did because that's the where they were. Afghans, like this or not, this is a true statement, Afghans, in spite of all the billions we pumped over there, all the people we killed and all the destruction we created, Afghans are better prepared to endure this crisis than 90% of Americans, maybe even more. Because they understand poverty lifestyles and they understand how to survive. And the problem we have right now is we have grown into a world of convenience and dependency on a corporate model and we are not prepared for what is coming. We have to get prepared. I'm, for those of you that are out there preparing, don't take this in, as in a direction towards you. What I am going to encourage you, if you have been preparing, get into the world and start encouraging others. I'm hearing some great stories about people doing just that, and we're going to get more of them on the show coming up, and we need to, but it has to be something that everybody takes in a passion. I mean, literally, like I said, sowing seeds is both a spiritual reference and it is a physical act, and it has to start happening. Let me play you this piece. It's a really good piece I played today earlier on the Bended Knee program. I had a friend the other day, he's still my friend, but the other day we had a conversation about what would happen if the grid went down. How would he provide for his family? He told me he had a plan, a plan that would include a couple of months of food that he has stored away right now, and then he would plant a garden. What? It doesn't work that way. That only works if the grid goes down in May, April, March, if it goes down in September or October, you're not planting a garden. And what if you don't know how to garden? My first year, I failed miserably. You need to be practicing self-sufficiency now. Grow a garden this year. Right now, it's March. You need to be planting a garden. If not outdoors, starting seedlings indoors. Don't wait until it's too late. Yes, have some food stores to get through, but don't rely on starting a garden when things get bad. Do your garden now. Do it now. Seriously, this is the time. I, I've told you all week I'm going to be hitting this, and it's going to be hitting every week now because we are the clock is ticking. 
We are in the window to plant. We are in the window to try to revive older skills. And we've had two years to prepare, and I don't know how many people have taken that seriously. I hope many have. But now we're at a critical point where we don't have, I can tell you just by driving through my town, there's not enough people realizing what has to happen. And we have to make more efforts. And But before we do all of that, we have to make sure our own homes are taken care of. I suggested this the other night. I will suggest it again. If you're going to create something for neighbors, kind of emergency packets, these are the things I would suggest you do, just as a thought. Consider making sure you have a Bible, a packet of seeds, and a printout or at least a small book on gardening. And be ready to guide them, or maybe you write something yourself on what you're doing. And we'll talk more about this in the coming weeks, but about the sorts of crops that are ideal to get people started for sustenance. You know, I I keep saying this. I wish I was wrong about this. I've, I've said this almost every day now for probably three months. I wish I was wrong on this. Problem is, I can't find the fault in the analysis. And if I can find the fault in the analysis, I'm going to be the first one to say, wow, I missed that one. I'm so happy I'm wrong. But this is a crisis that is coming at us like a doggone tsunami. And it is coming out so hard. And when it hits, it's going to hit everywhere at once. This isn't one of these where you're going to go, oh, Oh, look, the, down in Ethiopia, they're starving. We're, we're fine. We can ignore that. When you start watching the dollar spin out of control and you're watching the inability to buy, that alone changes all the dynamics in the United States. When you have to go to a place where people can no longer afford food or they have to choose food over gasoline, food over heating fuel, food over mortgage, we are there now for a large percentage of Americans. Don't kid yourself. This is a really dangerous time. And even if this great, you know, white hats are in control thing happens, I got news for you. They can't turn this one around fast enough. There is just no way. And like I said, there's two major problems. There's the immediate, which is food, which is going to start really causing a problem by probably by the end of summer. I think that our real window we're in right now is going to be the last comfortable window. And as we go through the summer, prices will continue to increase. This is my projection. And it will we will see the death of the Federal, the Federal Reserve currency by the end of the year. That is going to result in massive inflation. It's going to result in big scarcities. Will we recover? Absolutely. There's no question about it because Americans are innovative that way. Not the ones that are stuck in their purple hair and gender flips, and I really don't care. But you want to talk about a great leveler. When you have somebody that's more worried about whether they're going to snap their weenie off or eat, I guarantee the weenie's going to stay. This is going to end. And this whole thing is going to have to 
we're going to start getting a country that's going to get back to its center point again, and it's going to be literally God-centric. We aren't going to get through this without God. We aren't going to get through this without building fellowship and being strong, each and every one of us that can be. But this is the leveler right here. You can't eat news. You can't eat Hunter Biden's laptop. You can't, you can't eat the intention of growing a garden. Food is critical. So we'll talk more and more about this. We'll try to get into some real mixes of crops as well that are fast growing, some that are longer growing, sustainment type models, things that are good for getting things rolling for nutrition. If you can put bees in your backyard, get a hive of bees. That's, it's an it's a expense and it is a learning curve to get on, but honey is an amazing resource both from a nutritional point of view all the way to a health point of view. And it has many other products you can extract from it, including making soaps and candles. That's just one of many things. We have to think dimensionally here. And you have to think in terms of what you can do, what resources you can manage, and what resources you may be able to bring on board for someone else to pick up and start managing to grow this community out. These things are, it's a different, we have to get back to thinking in terms of community, not in terms of individuals. And that's going to be the burden of on us is going to be for us to have to lead these communities that many of which have been walking around with their head somewhere up in the clouds about the Rona and not facing this tsunami that's going to crash down upon them. Take this seriously, patriots. Really do. I mean, I just can't stress this enough. Seeds are going to get harder and harder to get. They already are, by the way. And it is important that we all learn how to save seeds because that's the preservation of the biodiversity that's needed. Remember, we need heirloom seeds organically grown whenever possible. Develop methods of gardening that restore the soil, that don't deplete it. Learn about crop rotations. Learn about developing good humus bases. Learn about developing a good compost and macrobiotic activity that you're going to need to sustain life. Learn about building ecosystems in your backyard or what you grow feeds your animals if you have them. Lose the idea of being dependent or reliant on somebody or someone else. Get to the mentality that everything you grow and you are working towards an independent lifestyle to self-sustain. Even if you don't achieve that at 100%, that's not the point. Keeping focused on that sort of thinking gets you in the mindset to always look for opportunities to separate yourself from the dependency on others. If you don't know how to sew, learn how to sew. If you don't know how to build with wood, learn how to build with wood. If you are accustomed to always going to Home Depot to get your lumbers, try to start thinking and learning about how to not have to do that. All of these things have to go into your head because once supply chains fracture, it's not a matter of if, it's when, so much of what we have become dependent on is not going to be there. It's one of the reasons that I've encouraged everybody to get a ham license because that's at least a network there that is not dependent on a monthly fee. Extremely important to start looking at this. 
start a worm farm. Get beds of worms growing. Worms are a great source to help get other people's soils going and activated. In a pinch, you can eat them. I wouldn't encourage it, but you can. So, lots to think about. And I I don't typically push urgent shows, but this topic is huge. And I, I'll be honest, when I look through and I can find just a handful of accounts that mention it once in a while, that is alarming. Because either people aren't paying attention to it or they don't want to pay attention to it. And that cannot be in the way going forward. This is a critical time for all of humanity that we're facing. And it is a crisis moment. So keep your focus on God. Keep your focus on building relationships with your neighbor and get plants in the ground. Let's pray. Father, we come to you today humbled, very focused on the sorts of things that are coming at us in a big way. This is a very demanding time. And unfortunately, way too many people are not paying attention to the tsunami that's coming at us. The tsunami, not only of the shortage of food, but the long-term projections of how food production will even sustain. As always, Lord, instead of going to the core of the problem and changing ways, man seeks to build more technology to solve more problems which man creates. Let us take a pause. We pray that the world will be forced to take a pause. We pray that the world will be forced to take a breath and to look back and to realize how much knowledge was always given to us to sow seeds and to nurture the land and to go back to before we start charging forward. Guide us in these days. Guide us in these times to give us discernment, focus, clarity, and energy to keep moving forward, to not hesitate, and to keep building up what we need in our homes, not only for the sustainment of our families, but the preparation to help others as we will need to in the coming months and years. We say these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. Important times. Very important times to stay focused, stay centered. Don't get distracted by the rabbits that run across your trail. The news is throwing everything at you right now and is happening on all sides. Remember, there is no, there are no two parties. There's one and it's called the corruption party. And there are no good politicians. They're all playing the same game. They all want power and money. At the core of all of this, the only true politician would be telling you a couple of things. Stop the shots and grow a garden. That's about all they'd have to say and they'd get my vote. But we're not even hearing that out of anybody. We need absolutely a hyper-focus and an evangelism to bring the principle of sowing seeds into people's lives. Remember, physically sowing seeds is, is, a two, is a dual-edged sword. It's a beautiful one that God gives us. Because as we help people grow gardens, we are helping people grow spiritual gardens as well. You're doing a great service for others as you do this. 
Last thing tonight. Tomorrow night, I have Tom Renz on. Interviewed him today. It's a great interview. I look forward to having him on. You'll look forward to hearing that tomorrow night. It is a wonderful interview, and he's he hits hard. He's been doing some hard work and fighting against this injection. So, Patriots, keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil, never relent. Always press into the fight. Critical times. Keep your prayers up. You need the warrior's heart in this. You need courage. And just accept that you're going to be hated and scorned. But, you know, the best part about that is God's with us, and he's never going to forsake us. And in the end, God will always win. But we are here in this time, in this place, for such a time as this. Occupy the land. Expand the kingdom. Mission forward. All right, Patriots, I'll see you tonight for Fishers of Men. Until then or until the next time, God bless and out for now. We shall pay any price, bear any burden, meet any hardship, support any friend, oppose any foe to assure the survival and the success of liberty. Every thoughtful citizen who despairs of war and wishes to bring peace should begin by looking inward, by examining his own attitude towards the possibilities of peace. Too many of us think it is impossible. Too many think it is unreal. But that is a dangerous, defeatist belief. It leads to the conclusion that war is inevitable, that mankind is doomed, that we are gripped by forces we cannot control. We need not accept that view. Our problems are man-made. Therefore, they can be solved by man. And man can be as big as he wants. No problem of human destiny is beyond human beings. Man's reason and spirit have often solved the seemingly unsolvable. And we believe they can do it again. Surely the opening vistas of space promise high costs and hardships, as well as high reward. So it is not surprising that some would have us stay where we are a little longer, to rest, to wait. But this city of Houston, this state of Texas, this country of the United States was not built by those who waited and rested and wished to look behind them. This country was conquered by those who move forward, and so will space. We choose to go to the moon in this decade and do the other thing, not because they are easy, but because they are hard. Because that challenge is one that we're willing to accept. The energy, the faith, the devotion, which we bring to this endeavor, will light our country and all who serve it. And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country.
an old evil that has waited thousands of years to show its face. It has only one intent, to destroy God's light and to enslave. It has no scruples, it has no rules but one, to win at any cost. But we will never bow, for we are the remnant that will hold the line. This is war. We fight. We push. We climb. We never give in. We become the nightmare that evil didn't know could exist. We pray. We stand. We live by the words, in God we trust. We fear nothing. We are the light that can never be extinguished. We are patriots. We are the digital army that will help deliver God's wrath.